further into the future we get, if that makes any sense, you know, kind of the further you get away from that, right? So then you start having more and more bands that are influenced by bands that were influenced by bands that were influenced by bands. So just yeah. to be aware, I think is is a lot of it's pretty cool. I mean, the story always is continuing, you know, whether whether you're involved with it or not. How are things, man? Things are good, man. How how are things with the new puppy? <laughs> uh, pretty busy, as I'm sure you can imagine. Yeah, I just want to make sure. Just tell me something here. Does my like my voice still sounds normal? Yeah, sounds okay. totally normal. Okay, good. Sometimes we get uh, if I don't have my uh, frequencies lined up between my mic and my recording software, it'll give me a nice chipmunk voice, which is never fun. Yeah. <laughs> it took us there's at one point we were having this issue. Where first it was with Aaron. Uh, mm-hmm. I was like, why do you sound like a chipmunk? I don't get this. And then yeah. it happened with me later. And I forget what changed. I, ch- I must have changed something. Um, mm-hmm. And then I, I was able to figure out what it is. But it sounds like a real goofy time. But it's all good. We got it sorted out. So, But yeah, man, puppies are... Do you have a dog? Uh, yeah. Um, we have a, a 14-year-old dachshund. Okay. And... Um, but she came into my life when she was four. The last time I really had a, a puppy was ooh, uh, the summer before third grade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah, in uh, 1987, and oh, man. we had a we had a wire haired fox terrier that yeah. came from a breeder. Okay, but um, you know, puppies are puppies are a different kind of thing. I mean, like every every dog that uh, I have adopted as an adult has always been a shelter dog. Yeah. Um and they always come uh house trained. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, right? Like that was I it's funny because we we had discussed I I would say actually last time I had a puppy was I think it was the summer after grade 2, but even then she was like um like she wasn't like a little little puppy. She was still like one or whatever, but she wasn't, you know, like coming like she she was she was house trained uh but just full of energy um but we weren't we weren't gonna get a puppy in fact we kind of like talked about getting a dog in the future and then went yeah we'll get a we'll get a shelter dog a rescue dog in the future but here like there's a long waiting list for rescue dogs and we were just kind of like yeah and we're like okay well you know we're not really in a place we have two cats we have you know kids that are still little so we're like yeah we'll wait a little bit but then my wife just got it in her in her mind that we were gonna get a dog and so she just kept sending me like um just like links to different dogs in the area that were for sale and finally <laughs> she sent this one i grew up with a cocker spaniel and so i was like i like that size of dog yeah. so i'd always said i want like a spaniel or whatever and so she uh sent me a link it's a springer spaniel mixed with a shih tzu that's mixed with a boston terrier so it's got okay. a few different breeds in it, um, but it's uh, he's he's cute as can be, <laughs> but he's a puppy, yeah. right? That's just how how it goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, you know, is is the dog like adapting well to the kids and the yeah. cats? Yeah, we've just had him for. Let's see, what's today's Tuesday? We just got him on Sunday, so it's just been a couple of days. Yeah, uh, but so far, I mean, the 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 cats kind of keep their distance. You know, they're a little bit curious, but as soon as he like kind of starts roaming around, they're just like, all right, out of here. And then, you know, they just go hide in a bedroom or whatever, um, which one of our cats is like 15 years old. Uh, mm-hmm. She's she's pretty old. The other one is, I want to say two or three, 
gutter a couple summers ago, but yeah. So yeah, they, they take off a bit, but um, the kids are always just fighting over them. Like, let me hold them. Let me play with them. It's like, ah, <laughs> it's, it is what it is. They're kids. It's puppy. It's exciting. It's all well, good. I mean, it, it's good that the kids want to play with the puppy. Yeah. Um, because like, I freely admit when I was a kid, like I was terrified of her. I mean, it was a wire haired oh, yeah. fox terrier. Yeah. You know, because like wire haired fox terriers like to nip at you. Yeah. You know? And so yeah. I was like, <laughs> yeah yeah no that's fair i think for the most part right now they're all that maybe our youngest one kind of gets that a little bit because you know she's definitely on the ground a little more and uh kind of understands a little less so if he gets a little excited and, and nippy or whatever she might take a little offense to it <laughs> but nothing crazy you know man it's funny because i always used to make fun of people who said uh oh i don't i don't want to have kids i've got a puppy like that's like a kid, right? And I was always like, no, it's no, it's not. And then I got a puppy, and I'm like, it really is. <laughs> like you're yeah. getting up at middle of the night to you know to try and take it out to go to use the use the bathroom and just like all these different things. I'm like it is actually quite a bit like a kid. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, yeah, we're not really here to talk about dogs or puppies. So welcome to Growing Up Punk, the podcast about punk rock and all of its friends. My friend today, uh, this is I'm hoping to be. He's been on the show before, but I'm hoping to make yeah. this kind of more of a regular thing uh that voice that you just heard that's uh eric grubbs he um of course is the author of the book post which you were on talking about that ages ago or what feels like ages ago just a year ago yeah i I was thinking about it earlier i was like man it feels like it's been forever and i was like thinking back i'm like no it was it was just last year um just over a year ago it was probably august of last year maybe even september i don't know um but anyway, I, I think it feels like ages ago because I've thrown different podcast ideas at you yeah. over that time. And everyone, mm-hmm. you're like, yeah, that sounds fun. Yeah, that sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, I've really admit, I, I think I should just publicly say it is like sometimes like I am not the most like verbose person over messenger. <laughs> right. Other times I am. So yeah. I'm glad that you're always throwing good ideas my way because it's like, you know, it, it is nice to have this kind of interaction and, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and uh, to talk about stuff, whether it's face to face or Kevin yeah. Smith. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, and that, it's funny because those are the thing is, is we always I always, I should say, I always threw around ideas that were uh, new podcasts. And then I just decided, I was like, I'm more likely to actually jump into something if we're just kind of continuing working, you know, sort of with what, what already exists, you know, so for what we've got going on here. And I thought, you know what, Aaron loves digging up his interviews, which are fun. I like doing some interviews too, but I'm more like, I just like sitting down and talking with, you know, people about music. So I thought, let's, Mm -hmm. uh, Let's just make this more of a regular thing. But also why I wanted to do this is because um, I like I like post-hardcore and that world of music like a hell of a lot more than Aaron does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'll throw different band ideas to talk about. He's like, yeah, I never really got into them or, you know, I'm like, all right, well, that's when I start throwing things at you because I'm like, I know <laughs> you obviously enjoy that world. It, hence the book that you wrote. Yeah. Um, so I thought, who better? Yeah, I thought, and- yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, David, uh, thank you so much for plugging the book and, you know, sp- speaking highly of it. Cause, mm. um, you know, it's, I, I've said that, I think I said this on growing up punk and I said it on the E word, uh, podcast last year is that I, I really appreciate that people like this book yeah. because, um, there, there have always been people that have liked the book. It's just sometimes when you go, you know, years and years and years, and, and you don't know how many people are reading something, 
Um, so it is nice to get that kind of feedback. And it's a lot nicer when, you know, people are like, Hey, I genuinely liked it instead of, well, you didn't talk about this one band. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, this band that lasted like nine months, but they put out like two incredible seven inches. Why didn't you devote an entire chapter <laughs> to that band? Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, you're like, that's what washed up emo is for. Cause man, some of the stuff that Tom brings up is literally that, right? Like bands that released two seven inches that were great and then disappeared. I'm like, this. yeah. And the, the great thing about what Tom does is that, you know, he gets people that haven't, have not ever wanted to really speak on an emo centric podcast sure, yeah, yeah. and he gets them to open up. I mean, like if you've heard the Guy Pisciotto episode, um, you've heard the Ian McKay episode, yeah. um, you know, hearing them be very frank about things uh, for the, like, especially Guy, Guy does not mm. like to do interviews. Right. And for him to be so open, I mean, that's great. So, but uh, I mean, it, it's always good to have like a healthy dialogue about um, music that really kind of impacts you at an, at an early age, but you never really forget it as compared to, you know, there, there are other genres of music that it seems like when people our age talk about how that they were really into it at an early age, they're kind of embarrassed by right. it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, namely ska, um, but I, but, <laughs> yeah. but I don't think people should be ashamed of ska. I mean, it, the ska is, is fun. Yep. Um, but as far as like the music that kind of helps you get out of your, your, your youth and into the uncomfortable adulthood. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, this is what we like to talk about on this. Yeah, show. for sure. Um, I think it's fitting that you mentioned Guy because, um, what I wanted when we threw around ideas, is trying to figure out what we could do with, you know, any of these episodes that we choose to do. And we thought, I thought it'd be fun. You thought it'd be fun to take the opportunity to kind of take newer music, or in this case, I mean, essentially brand new, the, the song, the record, one of the ones that we're going to talk about, literally it came out this year. So, um, and, and sort of connect it to that older, you know, I guess, artists that came from, from generations past or however you want to put it, because it's so easy, I think, to, get stuck in i mean you know and and i say this you know knowing full well that i started a podcast called growing up punk where the whole idea was to talk about music you know i grew up listening to right um and so i but at the same point i i really like to kind of explore and discover new music and i thought you know yeah. so it's so easy for people to be like ah music today sucks and i'm like no mm -hmm. i don't I don't think that's true at all. There's a ton of great stuff out there, but I thought it's a great way to kind of like, I guess, lead people into what's going on these days. Sure. If they are kind of like, Oh, I only listen to these bands. Um, so I thought this would be fun. I said, speaking of Guy, uh, cause we're going to talk about rights of spring, mm -hmm. um, hot water music, and then a new band or newer band, I guess they've been around for a few years now, but, um, fiddlehead i was gonna say making music today but the thing is hot water music is literally in the studio i don't know about this very second obviously but they they have a new album that's coming so um yeah. they're clearly still making music but yeah i thought it'd be fun to kind of just you know kind of go down the line a little bit that way and uh instead of just like trying to cover a band's entire discography or however we want to do it it'd be pretty broad discussion but with a couple specific songs and I'll get into, I guess a little bit later why I wanted to just look at a few songs. But so I thought at first we could start with uh, rights of spring and specifically their song for want of, which comes off the self-titled record from 1985. I, I believe. Let me read my on me. I, I 
Real quick, how, uh, what was your introduction to Rites of Spring? Because obviously um, you were probably a little young when they were active. So, yeah, I mean, I was, uh, I was really into the bangles. Yeah. And, um, and hair metal. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, that's stuff that I look back fondly uh, when Rites of Spring was around. I was I was too young um, mm-hmm. and, you know, never had heard of Rites of Spring. Uh, and, and so it so I really got into Rites of Spring when I started re- doing research for Post. Okay. Um, you know, I, I'd heard about how like, oh, you got to check out Rites of Spring, got to check out Rites of Spring. And I was already well aware of Guy through Fugazi. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the time of my life, when I got into rights of spring, I was like, he was echoing a lot of the same sentiments that I felt at, at, at the time, you know, I woke up this morning with a piece of glass stuck in my throat and yeah. then I choked, yeah. never woken up with glass in my throat, but it's kind of, but it, there's this angst about, yeah. um, you know, there's another rights of spring song. I, I heard somewhere that every door is, a, and you know, that, that whole every that wall one. is a door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if that's true, then how come I can't get through? You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I've felt that sentiment, you know, yeah. a lot. I mean, and it and it was, I mean, Guy was being very raw and honest about where he was in his life. And and it's not something that you're necessarily always going to have, you know, say when you're between 19 to 22. You know, sometimes you can be in your 30s or in your 40s and still mm-hmm. be, you know, struggling with that. Um, and so rights of spring, their entire discography was put onto a, a single CD and it was remastered, um, by discord in the early two thousands. And so it was probably the best sounding, uh, version of rights of spring. And, you know, I was just immediately taken with it. The music, the way that geese sang, um, there's even, there's this one rights of spring song where I put it in the book is that it sounds like he is undergoing surgery without anesthesia <laughs> yeah that's and a, uh, that's an apt description <laughs> yeah i mean and it, there there are, are you know in dance of days uh that book as well as in our band could be your life there's a lot of m- information about rites of spring and how like yeah. they would sprinkle rose petals around the stage and you know they would break instruments even in practice and they break <sighs> instruments on the on stage and I mean, it's it when you look back, it's like, wow, that's very melodramatic. But, you know, got to got to give credit to like people that weren't trying to be, um, you know, uh, they weren't trying to destroy themselves. It's just like or, you know, for the sake of like the show, they were very much just being their true selves. Hmm. And, um, you know, I I would say that uh, this song it has that that chorus that guitar dun, 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 you know it, mm-hmm. how Gee sings along with it is is just fantastic. I mean, it's it's a very poppy song. I mean, and it also kind of represents to me like the difference between like uh, what Minor Threat sounded like and then what the Revolution Summer Band sounded like. Sure, which, yeah. Um, I'll just put it to it, put it this way and not throwing anybody under the bus that still, you know, absolutely loves minor threat, but it's like, I remember getting a cassette tape, a copy of the entire discography of minor threat. And I thought it was incredible, you know, all pissed off and angry and all this, but I can't really to it. And I was like, yeah, this is amazing. 
but the thing is, is with the rights of spring discography, I was like, it's a little bit more tuneful to me. Yeah. And thus it makes me a little more apt to want to listen to it repeatedly. Oh, did I lose you? Very, very oh. important hardcore band. Yeah. But it, but at the same time, it's like, you know, being 42, do I really want to be screaming at people being like, you know, <laughs> red i'm seeing red you know and, yeah you know and singing about i've got the straight edge you know yeah that kind of stuff but yeah that's that's just for me yeah for sure you you kind of cut out there or i cut out i don't know whose internet connection it was but there was a second there where you sort of dropped out but um okay. i do think you're definitely like i i mean i enjoy putting on minor threat and listening to minor threat but there is definitely that level where it's kind of like i just enjoy putting it on because a it held you know it, was, it, it played an important role at a very specific you know moment in time and um you know it, it's got that angst and that energy but yes lyrically minor threat I'm, I'm kind of in that same place where I'm not really going to be, you know, passionately singing along with what Ian was singing about at the time. And, you know, maybe, and, and same with like rights of spring, I'm not necessarily at that point in my life right now, where you know, those, you know, lines are, are really reaching out to me, but at the same point, they're definitely more relatable yeah. as an adult, I suppose, even if they are melodramatic at times, right? Like, Oh yeah. I, I think mean, they definitely are, but yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, I can really understand how, like, you know, there for, for people that say were they, they think of emo is like the very popular kind of stuff. Yeah. It is kind of embarrassing. You know, when you look back at your former self, if, if, you know, that's what your world is. Yeah. Um, whereas compared to like, you know, punks that are just being like really like ultra sensitive, um, you know, it, I, th I think it's, it's aged well, but right. it's, um, you know, as somebody that still has trouble with angst, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, this, this music, uh, it can still really resonate with me. Sure. And I mean, I think it benefits too, from knowing where Guy and even Ian, obviously with Fugazi would go in the future. Right. And like, mm -hmm. know where that next band kind of like that role that it really played and, and how well, it it for sure holds up both lyrically and musically i think fugazi that is but my myself for like rites of spring i want to say my introduction to them was one of two places it was either you know like the classic like the copy pasta sort of thing where you've got the you know super run-on sentence that this isn't real emo real emo is you know restricted to the revolution summer and bands oh, like rites uh, of spring and embrace and all that kind the, of stuff the four file website yeah and, and just like people copying and pasting oh. on you know youtube yeah, videos yeah. and whatever and it's like it's everywhere it's just the same thing and uh so i can remember seeing that at some point in time going okay like who are some of these bands you know and um and going and checking them out either that or it was around that same time i don't try to remember i'd have to go back and look but if uh if rights of spring gets mentioned in the book this is a call which is the biography of dave grohl because uh, I know there's like a, a fairly extensive coverage of the DC scene in there. I just don't remember if it mentioned Rites of Spring or if it kind of focused more on like the bands like Bad Brains and, and Minor Threat and stuff like that, like the earlier yeah. stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I mean, and obviously in, in your book, reading about them, they're they're just one of those bands that gets brought up all the time. So eventually I had to check them out. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's interesting because. 
I know for a fact, like Dag Nasty, we talked about them, you know, last time you're on a sh- on the show, like I said, ages ago. <laughs> um, but like, so, so for Dag Nasty, the first time I put them on, I was like, oh, this kind of, you know, sounds like a little more melodic minor threat. Mm-hmm. And uh, which I mean, Brian Baker was in both of those bands. So that right. makes sense. <laughs> um, with Rites of Spring, I always felt like they, they definitely stood out a little bit more for me musically and i don't really know what it boils down to maybe maybe it is like you you mentioned especially this song for want of it's a little poppier especially that guitar lick the guitar riff that he's playing reminds me of like any 90s pop punk band could have played that thing right like mm-hmm. it's got this certain sound to it uh that immediately would have caught my ear in listening to it for the first time um and then and and Guy's vocals. I, I'm curious though. So you said because I always thought the lyric was, "But I woke up this morning with a piece of glass cut caught in my throat." But then I looked it up today, and I think from everywhere I looked it says, "But I woke up this morning with a piece of past caught in my throat, and then I choked." And if that's what the lyric is, I'm like, that's pretty awesome. Because then later in the song, in like the I guess if we're calling that the chorus, he says. Uh, and I woke up this morning with the present in splinters on the ground. And then I drowned, which I think those two, if, if, if it is a piece of past. Yeah. Like, so, so yeah, look it up. Tell me what it is because on Apple music and then on genius and stuff, it was piece of glass, which works or piece of past, sorry, which works with piece of the present or the present in pieces or whatever the line was. Um, but I, I like either, or I love that. I love that, that chorus. He's looking. It says in the liner notes, yeah. piece of past. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> learn new things every single yeah, day. Yeah. Well, because I mean, it was, yeah, like I said, it was just today. I was, I decided, I'm like, oh, I'm going to look up the lyrics to these songs. And I'd sung along as piece of glass stuck in my throat because that sounds more like something you would say. Right. Like, just like I always envisioned it like, oh, did he wake up with strep throats? <laughs> right. But no, piece of past stuck in my throat. And then I choked, which I'm like, oh, that it holds a little more weight for me. I don't know about you. Yeah. Like hearing that lyric and then tying it in with the present, the present in pieces on the ground. And then I drowned, which that was the lyric that I thought was, I don't know why when he says, and then I drowned, it just sounds so, uh, so much more melodramatic, but (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, uh, I, I don't think this song would ever be in that. There's a book called Hold Me Closer, Tony Danza, sure, about yeah. the most mis- un- misheard lyrics of all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, the, there's, there's uh, for lack of a better word, there's a, a poetry to what uh, Pichiotto mm-hmm. uh, was, was singing about. And um, I think maybe he's just kind of sensitive about what he was singing about. So that's why he's like a little hesitant about wanting to go on record about it. I mean, like, I, I don't know if I shared this story with you, but I did reach out to him while I was writing posts and yeah. he was very nice, but he's like, I don't do interviews for these kinds of books. He did one for our, our band could be your life. Yeah. But I think maybe the experience of doing it, not that he thought that Azarad did a, a poor job or anything. It's just, I think he just sort of was like, nah, I don't really want to do interviews about, you know, a band that I was in for just a short little while. Yeah. Or even talking about Fugazi. I mean, so going back once again to Tom Mullen scoring that interview with him was like, that's pretty amazing, you yeah. know, to get him to openly talk about that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, it is. It's, I can, I can imagine that it would be a strange 
thing to have to do. Like, I mean, Fugazi, I suppose, was, is around whatever, however you want to word it, long enough um, that, it, you know, it, it holds a specific place. But for Rites of Spring, you know, like a band that you talk about listening to music that, you know, like has a very specific point in your life. I can only imagine making music that had various, like a very specific point in your life and people wanting to talk about it you know, mm-hmm. 30 years later, sort of thing. Right. Like it's gotta be a, right. be a little weird. Well, I, th- I think of it like this is like, did you play in a, in, in any sort of band when yeah. you were like 15, 16? Yeah. You know, I, I think about the band that I played in in high school and it's like, and I'm just going to lay it all out warts and all. I played yeah. in a band that originally started off playing like uh, Nirvana and smashing pumpkins covers. Mm-hmm. And we had originals and then the first corn record came out and uh, our singer who also was the guitarist and main songwriter, he just got really into down tuning and he also was really into fear factories, uh, demanufacturer. Sure. Yeah. And so suddenly our songs got much heavier <laughs> um, and we are called public abuse. And sometimes uh, I, I think like, you know, for, for people that say are like hesitant to want to talk about, you know, their, their bands from high school. I think about how, like, well, what if I heard about how in some place in Scandinavia, the public abuse uh, demo tape wound up there and it it inspires all these bands to form and, you know, they want to talk to you about it. And it's just kind of like, uh, I hadn't really thought about that band in a long time. And, you know, what would you want to say? And honestly, like, you know, I can't speak for Carrie Lewis, the the singer of the band, but I'd be like, I, I'm not so sure he'd be really wanting to talk about, you know, what he wrote his lyrics about. So, right. You know, it's, it, it, sometimes people can be like very open and happy to talk about it. But then there are other people that are like, no, I'm good. That was the past. <laughs> yeah, um, I, it's I'm curious, like you, you, you bring up that, you know, like hearing you years later that that record you know hit somewhere for someone and you're like what i feel like when i interviewed um brian mcturnan he told a story like that and i'm trying to remember um if it was with battery or if it was his band before that and like he just like all of a sudden like he found a cd in a store somewhere and he's like what like i didn't even know this existed sort of thing which obviously Mm -hmm. battery was is, is a band that has you know um its place in the scene and whatever but so i don't know if it was them or if it was an earlier band but that that story just kind of like reminded me i'll have to go back and listen to the interview and see yeah what he said but um yeah it's 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 got to be a strange thing but anyway here we are uh you know almost <laughs> 40 years after the release of this song talking yeah. about it so yeah pretty yeah. rad let's I mean, let's oh yeah go ahead i was just gonna say i mean this song is excellent uh mm. you know if you liked dag nasty you liked embrace the ian mckay band not the british band um but if you if you like that kind of like bruised slower uh punk rock kind of feel from people that just a few years before were playing blazing fast yeah and uh we're singing more about inward issues instead of external issues yeah um you know rights of spring is a great band you know whether or not you really want to investigate into the history of post-hardcore emo um but uh i mean yeah 
I mean, this whole record is really good, but for, for want of is, I would say like a good introduction track. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I should say, I did want to mention the drums. We talked about the guitar and the vocals and stuff. The drums on this song, I love just because they kind of like, don't stop, you know, yeah. like they're very like just pounding and, and the work being done it, like the kick is what really stands out for whatever reason on this song i'm not a drummer so i don't necessarily have the you know the 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 terminology or the words to describe it but like it's it's pretty straightforward but it just like keeps going and it it kind of you said if you like you know kind of bruised and i thought well the dr- the the drums are kind of bruising a little bit on this song like they, mm-hmm. they kind of i love it though it's yeah you know outside of that guitar riff that kind of starts the song um once it hit with those drums that's kind of what like pulls me through because it keeps that momentum going forward yeah and that's future fugazi drummer brendan canty yeah so there you go <laughs> let's um speaking of future let's move to the future a little bit about 12 years into the future or the future the- conan <laughs> yeah <laughs> now, we're gonna talk about hot water music the song 220 years uh which yeah. came off of fuel for the hate game released in 1997 <laughs> I never cared what I wanted to be a guy. I am for two. 
was your your introduction to hot water music um it was first seeing their artwork and just being blown away Mm -hmm. um you know by the artist known as sync um but then i heard them and this is just kind of a funny story but the first record i heard of them was no division and i hated it (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was like these guys are just shouting. What the hell is the right? <laughs> what, 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 what's going on with these guys? I mean, like this incredible artwork and people talk about how incredible this band is, but I, I heard it and I thought this is terrible until <laughs> I saw them open for indecision AFI and sick of it all okay, at the galaxy yeah. club in Dallas when I was in college and this was on the no division tour and they blew my mind because the whole thing about how like they're essentially just shouting they're just they're they would play like this was the last show that they were ever going to play and they're going to die tomorrow right yeah um and so like i was blown away by that band and i became a huge huge fan after that and um yeah and and so like at, at the campus radio station that I worked at KTCU, they had a thing called a crap box where like um, to just put it nicely in, in the day and age of between Radiohead releasing okay computer and kid a, there was a lot of this, like, yeah, I, I only really like Radiohead and yeah, Radiohead yeah. adjacent kind of stuff. So yeah. something like hot water music, snow division is going in the crap box. Right. So, their dismissal the the other people on the music team that were would determine you know the music that would be on the on the station was my gain because uh, i still have a lot of those cds that were in the crap box um and and there was at one point i'm not going to name this guy's name but there was this one guy who uh would write on the the jewel case about what he didn't like about it (laughs) and um he wrote on the stereos 300 he just said shit (laughs) (laughs) and um Uh, and then there was uh an aerotype 11 ep which i don't know if you've ever listened to aerotype 11 but uh, incredible incredible band um and uh in this EP that they put out on crank records, the same guy wrote on it. It's like bad eighties vocals. <laughs> <laughs> I like so, that. He, so, he at least listened to it, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 And, um, but the thing was, is that hot water was, a, they were already a very prolific band by the time I got into them. Right. And so when I decided to write post, I got everything that they had done up until then. And I have uh, stayed on top of what they have done and I'm not trying to be a hater or anything. It's just um, their last couple of records haven't really done it for me. Sure. Yeah. um, I, and I know that I'm not alone in that sentiment, but at the same time, there's, they're still just great guys making very honest, wonderful music and they got other things going on in their lives i mean you know george is in the bouncing souls um chuck uh you'll have to check this out online but chuck gives classes on how to be a good fisherman (laughs) all right yeah tell me he has a like does he does he have a youtube channel because i could get lost for hours i don't think he has a youtube channel but he he has a website where it's like if you want to learn how to fish better yeah you know hire chuck reagan (laughs) 
<laughs> so, so, all right. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, but but it's like at, at the time, you know, these were guys that all moved to Gainesville, you know, working like really crappy jobs. And like this music is what kept them together. And and it's very reflected on, you know, what you hear on 220 years is like, you know, this this sense of like these guys might not necessarily know how to sing. They might not necessarily know how to play their guitars right. But when you have a drummer like George Rebello and a bassist like Jason Black, right, you can really go off yeah. on that kind of stuff. And, yeah. you know, Fuel for the Hate Game is a lot of people's favorite um, hot water record. Um, a, a number of those hot water records from around that time is like, depending on who you ask, it's like, oh, that's my favorite one. I mean, No Division is still my hands down favorite, yeah. but you know, I, I can understand when people are all like, oh, dude, fuel for the hate game. That's the jam or forever and counting. Yeah. You know, like fuel for it's it's funny because I don't know that this song in particular, like if we talk like going back to rights of spring, I think two or not 220 years for want of um, is kind of one of those picks that someone might or is likely to kind of make to say, hey, if you want to check this band out, check this song. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas like 220 years, I don't know how often it gets, you know, kind of cited as a favorite hot water music song necessarily like my thing with this song in particular fuel for the hate game was the only hot water record that i ever like physically owned Mm -hmm. Um, and so of course this is the opening track on it and i want to say like what happened was probably um i don't remember someone specifically introducing the band to me versus just hearing their name floating around. And one day I was in the music store and, you know, I had some money to buy something and I saw maybe that was the only, only hot water record there. Because by that point, like by the time I was getting into them, they had a few albums out. So it wasn't like it was my only choice, but it was the one I went home with. And Mm -hmm. something just always struck me on that first song, just how it kind of like starts and it's just the vocals and the guitar. And you kind of don't know, like at that point, I, I, I wouldn't have, heard anything by them right it's like this is my introduction to the band and by the end of that song it's kind of just crazy but you've gone on a journey because Mm -hmm. you know you've got it just starting like i said of the vocals and the guitar and then the chorus comes in it's like okay like we're building towards something and it kind of just repeats that and then you get like the bridge where you come down and he's singing it makes me whole and then it all comes back together at the end of that song and it's just like you got i mean obviously both vocalists chris and um Chuck and Chuck are going it through the whole song, but it just really jumps out to me. Like at the end of the song going like, Oh, I don't know if I, at that point in time necessarily heard anything, you know, quite like that. And mm-hmm. it remind well, maybe, cause I, I want to say I may have this, this might be backwards, but I feel like I got into small Brown bike before hot water music, which yeah, maybe seems like, especially for a kid from Canada seems like a backwards way to go. Um, as far as, cause they were both on no idea, right? At that, those early years, I, I have no idea. I think so. <laughs> I, Feel I'm free pre- and tweet at uh, growing up punk pod about yeah, how yeah. we're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that they were both on, on no idea, especially like for those early hot water records. And I don't yeah. even know if, I mean, I guess small Brown bike probably eventually, you know, released something not on no idea, but, um, but just kind of like that gruff vocal, that both those bands kind of share and yeah you know but uh by the end of by the end of 220 years man i was 
I was hooked, but I would like hooked in the sense that I would just like keep going back to the beginning of that song and listening to it again because it's such a journey. Yeah. And something that I never really noticed until listening to it in preparation for this episode is that George Rebello has this great double kick kind of fill towards the end of it. Yeah. Where it's like you didn't hear double kick in really any other like emo-ish band. Yeah. I mean, you heard it in plenty of, you know, hardcore bands, but but not in like an emo-ish kind of band. Yeah. But, and then I'm and then I'm reminded of how like, you know, George came from he was a metalhead with like <laughs> really long hair when yeah. he met Jason Black when they were in middle school and they played in jazz band. And so it's like he's he's always got that kind of like jazz metal kind of flavor to his drumming. And uh, so it's like, it's, it's not a surprise that there is a double kick, like, you know, you know, right. Like that in it, yeah. you know, it's, it's like, um, you know, that uh, it's just really bad plug here, but uh, I, you know, <laughs> I play, I play in a band that's been compared to Sonic youth, but I play with the double kick and um, we have this one song where I just go for it. Like, you know, the double kick, at the end like it's a deaf heaven song <laughs> right yeah yeah. <laughs> you know Lead so it's, it. it you know it's like if your bandmates are okay with it you know you go with it and so yeah. I, I think for uh the for george's bandmates they're all like hey george is just being himself so yeah. let's let him fly i'll have to go back and listen because i do know i'm wondering if we're talking we're thinking of the same part because there is i still remember specifically in the song where it happens but there was a point where there's a there's a drum fill or it might even just be like a, like a pause in the music and then it like comes back in and just like hits you hard over the head where the mm-hmm. drums just kind of push it. But I'm going to have to go back and listen for that specific kind of uh, drum fill business going on. But um, yeah, this it's funny because I like I've never had the opportunity to see Hot Water live. I shouldn't say I've never had the opportunity. I'm sure I've had the opportunity. I just haven't seen them uh, live. And they're a band that I would like to one day, who knows what concerts in the future, you know, hold They're they're I know happening down there a lot more than up here. They're starting to happen up yeah. here at this time. Like I have tickets to go see propaganda in a few weeks, actually, but like no mm. American bands are coming up. It's just all, all the tours yeah. are Canadian bands, which is kind of cool. It's like um, the show that I've got tickets to is propaganda. And I don't know if like choke was ever a band that um, made it down yeah. the States at all, but they're yeah, I, I remember that band. Yeah, they're from here. Like they're from Edmonton where I live. And so um, I don't they're I don't know if I've seen either of those bands in the past. So kind of looking forward to that. Also a little like not sure what to expect, you know, like <laughs> first show. Have you been to a show since, you know, like things kind of started happening again? No. Yeah. Like I, I, I haven't. And, um, you know, like there's a show that is coming up that I'm considering going to. And the word is, is like, Hey, whether you're vaccinated or not, please wear a mask. So I'm like, okay. And then, um, I'm not going to name this guy's name, uh, because it just sounds like total name dropping here, but I interviewed somebody that is a legendary singer songwriter. And I just asked him, uh, you know, because he, he and his band are about to go on tour and it's like, you know, are, are you, do you feel nervous about meeting fans before or after a show? And he said, actually, we have kind of a bubble set up between like us, uh, on the, the, the tour bus and the venue. And then once we're done with the show, 
we're back in the bus. Right. You know, it's like, yeah. you know, sorry, we don't want, we don't want to get anybody infected, you know, or yeah. anybody yeah. get sick. Yeah. And, uh, and so it's kind of like, man, that's just kind of the reality of it. It's like, you know, there are a lot of caveats to it. Um, you know, cause it's like, there have been some shows that I've thought about going to, um, there are some shows that I'm thinking about going to next year, mm -hmm. but as far as, you know, it, for like punk bands, who wants to go to a punk show and get in a mosh pit? Right. Like that's, <laughs> when we're, when we're mean, still in a pandemic. You know? Yeah. And, and typically like, I'm not that kind of guy anyways at shows. Like I typically kind of stand towards the back to watch. There's one venue, like where the propaganda show is where most, a good chunk of the shows that I, you know, was going to uh, here in Edmonton is called the starlight room. And there's like, so you have your main floor and like when you come into the venue from, you kind of come in from the back, the, you're on like a level that's about three or four steps, steps up. And there's like a rail that you can lean at. And every time I'd go early so I could get like at that rail sort of thing and just be able to watch from there. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, for two reasons, one, I'm old. And so I get to lean on something <laughs> and two, you just see over top of everyone, right? Like there's no one yeah. in your way. There's no one like I, there's the odd time. There's the ran like random shows where, you know, I might like make my way uh, towards the front or something. But like the yeah. last time I did that was like, it was an MXPX show. I remember that. Um, so it was, it was quite a while ago, but like, I don't, yeah, typically these days I'm like, I'm just going to hang out back here where I can see everything. Uh, so like, I'm not as concerned about that, but yeah, it's just going to be so weird. Like, cause I spent so long, I mean, so long being, you know, the last 18 months or however many months, right. Like where it's, you know, everyone keep your distance and everyone, you know, mm -hmm. like masks are required, uh, and proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test are required to go. So like there's, you know, they're taking steps in that direction to kind of, um, reduce that risk but at the same point it's like it's still it just feels so weird yeah uh, it's and i was texting about like the friend who's going with me he's like man you excited propaganda he's in like less than a month and he's like dude i'm like going to a show in like 10 days because he's going to furnace fest and i'm like how are you even are you even allowed into the states at this point like those are things i don't know he's going from here right so i'm like well i mean i guess have fun at furnace fest that looks like there's a lot of great bands there but I don't yeah. know how you're pulling that off, but <laughs> well, did you catch COVID at all? No, uh, I didn't actually. My, my son has it as like right now. Oh, um, no. We just found out, I guess it was middle night last night, early this morning. Oh, no. Yeah. That he has it. So like, it's, it's this crazy thing because like you're in Texas, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Dallas. So, yeah. So you would understand a lot of this, but <laughs> we, where I live, like, they're just like, no rules just you know do your thing and like kids are back in school and so there's like basically like we're at a point where i don't know if in texas they're doing testing and contact tracing sort of stuff but like here they're like hey if a kid gets it in a school and they tell us great but we're not going to tell like the classes or anything it's like oh yeah we got a confirmed case in the school and that's all you know sort of thing right like so it's like this gong show so yeah we found out this morning that he has it um which is yeah he's i mean he's doing fine he's doing he's doing good he, it's nothing more than a cold to him at this point but we'll see right like yeah i mean nuts. i caught it yeah i, I tested i tested positive two days before christmas um last year yeah and i had been careful the entire time yeah. but i i got it and gave it to my wife 
and it hit her much harder. Mm -hmm. I was feeling okay after a couple of days, but it, I would realistically describe it as 10 times worse than the worst flu I've ever had. Right. Yeah. And, and so, you know, it's, it's like, I've, I've just learned to not get into it with people on yeah. uh, comment sections, you yeah. know, like, yeah. like a, a few months ago, face to face announced that they were playing a show, like I think in April. And, and I just said like, guys, yeah, I, there was a thread on this face to face, uh, uh facebook group i'm i'm on and i just said no i'm not ready for it and people just started like coming after me and making yeah. fun of me to which i'm like I i'm sorry i don't want to get this again i don't want to infect anybody again mm -hmm. you know and it's and it's just like oh so you're just going to stay home for the rest of your yeah. life i'm like no <laughs> yeah it's uh, i mean like we're both on twitter we'll tweet at each other every now and then yes so i've i've sent i've been sending a lot of pretty angry tweets lately just directed at our provincial government i can corroborate this <laughs> yes because they yeah it's just been an absolute shit show but i can't you know it's the worst when you you click on like a local news thing and it's talking about something to do with covid and you start just like scrolling through the comments and it's just people that are, you know, along those lines, like, well, you're just going to stay home forever or, you know, it's, it's all yeah. fake. It's all, and I'm just like, are you like, we have people protesting at hospitals up here, like as if that's yeah. going to prove something. Anyway, I don't, we don't need to go down that trail, but it's just been like ridiculous up here lately. But let me uh, put it this way. You yeah. know how people will watch horror movies and they'll say like, that totally would not happen. You know, people are not that, you know, foolishly led into yeah. believing total lies. You know, it's like, I can't believe this movie. Well, then after <laughs> what we've experienced for 20 and 2020 and 2021, yeah. it's all like, mm, I think we have to rearrange our expectations about what we expect would happen in real life as far as it being replicated in movies. Yeah. So. 100 percent. just leave it at that yeah um so hot water music they're pretty great hey <laughs> yeah yeah really good band yeah <laughs> um but yeah i did i don't know if i had much more to to say about this song except for it's like i said from the moment i heard it it was my favorite hot water music song and maybe that's random maybe it's not i don't know i'm sure there are other people that love it too but uh it's yeah. just such it's and it still hits me the same way now when i hear it um, yeah. And maybe the lyrics even make more sense to me now. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Like, <laughs> but uh, let's move into, I guess, uh, speaking of things that are happening right now, Fiddlehead. Yeah. And this, the song that I picked is uh, Eternally You off their album mm -hmm. Between the Richness, which came out this year.
First, I guess, let's talk about your introduction to Fiddlehead. When was the, I mean, they've, they've been around a few years now, but do you remember when you kind of first started hearing their name? Um, I think I heard about them through Sophie's Floorboard, which okay. is an excellent blog um, where this guy will upload in a, a band's entire discography on, and you can download it. And he encourages people to, you know, buy stuff directly from Bandcamp or buy it directly from a band. Yeah. So I, I, I first heard about them. But then I think it was there, there are a couple of guys that I follow on Twitter that are very reliable as far as like good dudes who recommend music that I'm probably going to like and Drew Berenger and David Anthony. And um, I think both of them around the same time were praising this new fiddlehead record mm -hmm. and just so happened that what landed in my inbox was an advanced copy of the fiddlehead record. Yeah. And I listened to it. I was like, wow, this, this is, you know, it, it's like there's elements of title fight and elements of like current day, uh, uh get up kids. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's like, there are a lot of really really awesome bands that's that are in this band sound yeah and um you know a million times that's one of my favorite songs of the year i mean the whole record is is very very good it, i think it would be one of my favorite records if i were to do like you know what's my 2021 favorite records of the year it'd yeah. be deaf heaven infinite granite um and then somewhere else around there after the face-to-face -face record <laughs> um but i would i would, I would yeah. definitely be talking about the new fiddlehead yeah. um but yeah it it's it's like you know from the first video on i was like yeah these guys they they got it together and i'm mm -hmm. and i'm really liking it and and to just kind of echo what you were talking about at the at the top of the show was that you know, yeah, it, it can be very easy to be very sunk in your ways about how, like, you know, you have your favorite bands and maybe you'll check out their latest records or whatnot. But the, the, the convenience that Spotify and YouTube and Bandcamp gives us is just so much more music than we ever had when we were younger. For and sure, I, yeah. And I think it's fantastic to see uh, people that are in their late twenties, early thirties. Now that they grew up on Napster and soul seek bear share audio galaxy, and they are way more open-minded about music than people that were older than me. Um, as in like, if you were a teenager in the eighties, if you knew about suicidal tendencies, minor threat, echo and the bunny men, the Smiths, you were cool. Right. As compared yeah. to the people that were listening to Journey and Def Leppard, those yeah. were the uncool people. And we will <laughs> never be like those uncool people. Whereas now, um, you know, it's it's very easy to just check out some bands. I mean, you're not having to deal with forking money over, waiting weeks to get a record come in that you may or may not like. Um, now you can just click and browse around. And if you really like it that much, um, 
you could be like David and and yeah. just uh, order the new fiddlehead on the evil Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> just throws me under the bus. Uh, but, <laughs> but you have good reason to order it from. Oh, that. yeah. hundred. Yeah, we, we had a, a, a quite a discussion about it. Um, <laughs> but it, it, you're right. Like, it's funny because with Hot Water Music, Fuel for the Hate Game, the reason that's the album that I go back to most often is because when I discovered them, uh, you know, like Napster was around. But it wasn't like, you know, it was at a time where you kind of like I had the Internet, but I wasn't downloading music. You know, there was that guy in high school who you could pay him 10 bucks and he would download and burn a CD for you sort of thing. Right. Like um, like just That's this. Awesome. Yeah. Right. And so and I think the only. I was just listening to, so Aaron did an interview with Jake from Strung Out and he talked about one of their records, how he he paid a guy 10 bucks who burned a copy for him, like downloaded off Napster. And, uh, <laughs> the, and I was thinking about that. I was like, oh, I can remember for sure. The first one I did that with was Penny Bridge Pioneers by Mill and Colin. I remember oh, paying man. a guy 10 bucks and he burned a CD. But, um, you know, before that, when you go into the store and you'd have that money, whether, you know, it was... You, your, your parents were like, you could buy a CD or you had a job and you'd scrape some money together. It was kind of like, what was there, right? Like if you're wanting to yeah. discover new music, you were taking a chance and there's a mm-hmm. good chance. Like for me with hot water music, much like you had said, like the artwork kind of sh- caught my eye and I'd heard the name. Yeah. So that's what I came home with. And sure. Sometimes you come home with stuff that didn't quite hit or what have you. But um, <laughs> nowadays, yeah, you can literally go on to Apple music or Spotify or Bandcamp, like you said, and just like, go through so much so quick and the funny thing about fiddlehead for myself like i think i was first introduced to them i was uh down a rabbit hole on youtube one day watching um videos from ldb fest from 2020 Mm -hmm. which i don't know what ldb stands for but it's uh it's uh i want to say maybe it's oh maybe no i don't know anyway um i think it's in do you know what like have you heard of the festival Mm-mm. it's like this yeah. hardcore fe- like a hardcore festival and i'm trying to think where they say anyway fiddlehead played at it at 2020 or in 2020 in like early early 2020 and um so they've got like all these sets uploaded on youtube and the first one i watched was knocked loose and then so it just kind of like started this like rabbit hole that i went down and eventually ended up on fiddlehead and like the crowds are just nuts at these shows they're, they're so much fun to watch and they're actually yeah. pretty well produced but anyway so when I when I watched that, I was like, oh, A, they're different from every other band that I've been watching from this festival. Uh, but also they kind of mentioned, oh, we got, you know, had just finished recording a new record. This was, I believe, February of 2020. So it took a little bit for that record to come out because it didn't come out until 2021. I'm sure. I don't know if it got put off or what, but yeah. Um, but when I first listened to it, uh, Between the Richness, the new one, I... I was like, yeah, I like this. And then as you were kind of talking about a little bit like, or like the thing with digital streaming is stuff can just get lost. Right. Like, mm-hmm. so I'd occasionally come back to it, but when I'd be sitting there thinking like, Oh, what are some of my, cause every year, you know, at the end of the year, we do like a top five, you know, our five favorite releases of the year. And yeah. so as the year kind of goes on, I'm sort of thinking about what some of those albums are. And then I'd, you know, be like scrolling through my phone, like, Oh, I forgot about this record and then put it on. And then, so it was just recently, just the other day, part of it was getting ready for this, but then I was down another YouTube rabbit hole and I came across like Fiddlehead playing live at Program Skate Shop from a number of years ago. And it's just like this, 
you know, uh, like four, four, three aspect ratio looks like it's shot on, you know, like a, a, a home recorder from the nineties. And, uh, it's like yeah. at the skate shop, everyone's just circled around the band. And I'm like, I just, as much as right now, I don't want to be there because of things in the world. I really want to be there. Like, it's just this mm-hmm. incredible feeling show. And so, um, I just like dropped what I was doing and ordered it on vinyl. Cause I'm like, no, I actually really like this record and I, yeah. I, I want to own it. So it does happen on occasion. Yeah. Where, you know, you still, if you like something enough, you end up buying it. Um, but uh, this song in particular, I wanted to bring up because the first time I heard it, I don't know if they released, I didn't look to see if it was released as a single or anything. I don't think it was, I could be wrong, but um I- don't think so i think million times yeah was that was the first single so i think uh, it must have just been as it came up on the record when i was listening to it that first time uh i was like what am i hearing like there's something going on here that is like so very familiar and obviously you mentioned those other bands earlier that you know they kind of have a little bit of this and a little bit of that um mm-hmm. and all of a sudden i'm like listening to it i'm like well it kind of reminds me of hot water music because they had this kind of like dual shouting vocal thing going back and forth in the chorus. And I was like, but that's not, that's not where it ends. There's something else going on here. And as I listened closer, I was like, I finally was able to put my finger on it. And the chorus in this song, the guitars remind me so much of the guitars on the chorus of for want of, Mm -hmm. and uh, like, it's just doing this like very similar, like chord change pattern. It's, it's a little varied on fiddlehead, but just kind of how it goes back and forth between two chords and i feel like it's just like you know one chord is just a half step from the other one type thing and it's this Mm -hmm. sort of transition and so from that point on i think that was like when the band kind of initially really clicked for me and it's like they're definitely aware of you know their roots and i guess like the band they uh it's like it's features members of have heart and basement like some bands that have been around for a little bit like have heart from the what earlier 2000s or mid 2000s i think is when they were releasing yeah. stuff and and then yeah. i saw a um there's a, a like run for cover records they have this youtube series that they kind of do semi-regularly called record selection mm-hmm. and so vocalist the vocalist of the band pat flynn was going through and he was at this record store and he was just talking about like pulling out all these records and they're just like you know hardcore classics and kind of hardcore you know like hidden gems and i was like okay yeah like it's it's one thing for a band these days to be like yeah you know i grew up on you know early 2000s or even 2010s to an extent like metalcore and hardcore and stuff but like he's literally like just bringing up all all the greats or you know as he says for every second record he's like this one's a goat this one's a goat, you know, I'm like, oh, you use the term goat a little much, but uh, it's fine. You're, you're not wrong with some of these. Um, and another in a band that he mentioned was uh, Sam. I am as a, you know, kind of a band that really influenced fiddlehead in regards to like their sound and being a band that, you know, very much like a post hardcore band, you know, like a, a band that very much has that hardcore ethos without, you know, getting stuck in, just the hardcore sound right like that's where it all kind of came from mm-hmm. in the first place so i just love bands that kind of like are aware of where things kind of you know came from like where their sound that they were so influenced by sort of came from down the line because the further into the the further into the future we get 
if that makes any sense, you know, kind of the further you get away from that. Right. So then you start having more and more bands that are influenced by bands that were influenced by bands that were influenced by bands. So just yeah. to be aware, I think is, is a lot of, it's pretty cool. I mean, the story always is continuing, you know, whether, whether you're involved with it or not. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I just, I, I remember the first time I watched the movie American graffiti and there's a line in it that says, rock and roll has been going downhill since buddy holly died <laughs> yeah and you know that that was kind of a sentiment about the early 60s yeah you know for for people that were really into bill haley and little richard and, and buddy holly and then along come these you know these guys from from england you know liverpool and and london and all this and it's like who are these guys i don't like this and I mean, there's that great hard times article from a few years ago. And so like <laughs> scene died when guys stopped checking out local scene. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and it, it's, it's just like, you know, I, I can understand. It's like, if you always have your favorites, that's great. But, um, you know, the tools to find new bands that you can really like it's it, it the, the level of entry is so much lower now. Um, that it's it's very easy to find you know new bands. I mean it it I mean even back in the days of like MySpace and Pure Volume, mm-hmm. you know that required some some looking around and a lot of clicking around. Yeah. But now with like um, thanks to Twitter and uh, just coupled with Spotify, I mean like Spotify making recommendations. Um, yeah. You know you can if if you just want to check out a handful of modern shoegaze bands you can create a pretty good playlist in like 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, and, and same with, uh, you know, listening to, you know, harder edged metallic uh, hardcore bands or, you know, emo revival bands. Um, and so it's, it's great. And so I, I would say like Fiddlehead is, is definitely one of those bands of like, you know, if, if you hold near and dear to your heart, you know, the hot water records, you know, the classic hot water records, um, you know, a variety of get up kids records or, and, and even if you really like title fight and were maybe a little thrown for, um, hyperview being a very shoegaze compared to yeah, like yeah. kind of the lifetime influence. But it's like, if, if that, if that interests you, you know, definitely check out fiddlehead, you know, the, the new record as well as their older stuff. I mean, yeah. they have a, they have a quite a bit of material that came out before this and and it's also great to see how a band progresses like they just don't pop out of the sky one day and make an incredible record i mean mm-hmm. deaf heaven i mean sounds completely different than what we're talking about but deaf heaven was a band that um was essentially just two guys you know the the screamer and the guy that played all the instruments and then a lot of different lineups and then they just kind of found like the sound of their band on sunbather and that's what they did for a few records but now they've changed up their sound yeah um where it's much more like slow dive influenced but it's still very much them and uh you know and there are always good reasons to be checking out new music especially if you love music and you always want to hear new music as well as the music that you have always liked um and uh i mean that's that's what just Honestly, like this is probably like one of the best times to be a, a music fan as far as like the convenience uh, of, of getting into a variety of things while also, you know, listening back to old stuff. I mean, so 
yeah, it's, it's a good time in 2021, man. Yeah. Like I, I've brought that up so many times. You've brought it up just the ability that it's so easy, you know, like to just get your hands on and literally check out everything. I, I follow a couple different Instagram accounts that kind of like, they're definitely more, you know, focused on like punk, pop punk, skate punk sort of stuff, but they're like yeah. every week posting, you know, just like 30 new releases of varying degrees of uh i don't know if quality is the right word let's say experience <laughs> uh, yeah. you know like they'll, they'll post the new face-to-face record alongside some you know like danish skate punk band you've never heard of that that's their first record and you know you check it out you're like oh this is actually pretty good like it's amazing that you can just you know do that like growing up listening to music that it takes away a little bit in the sense like i've had that conversation too where it's like you you don't so much get that now where you go to the store or you go to a show and you buy a copy of fuel for the hate game and you're like okay this is what i just laid down my money on i've mm-hmm. got to listen to this and you know i i feel like music maybe had more of a chance to grow on you uh in those days i'm still yeah. a fan of albums that grow on me right like mm-hmm. giving an album a chance like obviously if i put it on and there's just like nothing that's doing anything for me okay but if there's something there even if i'm like if it's 10 tracks and i'm like oh there's that one part on track three that i liked yeah. well I'll, I'll go back like a great example i've sent them to you and talked to you about them but like the band trash boat their new record i really liked their old records they were a lot more like straightforward kind of like pop punk with a bit of melodic hardcore going on there and then they released their new record and it's just a change and i remember the singles coming out and me kind of being like i don't know what i think of these and then the more i listen to them the more i'm like okay i can't stop listening to this right like so it's it's crazy how stuff like that happens but it just doesn't i don't think it happens as often because you don't have that commitment to a record necessarily right away right right I, i randomly thought today like if kid dynamite released their first record today Mm -hmm. um i'm not so sure i would have really been into the band because i was betting on how hey it's got ex-members of lifetime in this band so it's got to be good right Mm -hmm. and um i remember the first time i heard something from it just like maybe a 30 second real audio clip i was like I'm not so sure about this singer, you know, (laughs) it's like, how do you go from, you know, Ari Katz, who has this incredible voice, you know, mixed with the melodicism of the guitars and the drumming. And then you have this guy that, you know, has a very raspy throat voice. I'm like, I don't know if I'd really be into it, but because of the fact that I committed to buying the CD before it even came out from Jade tree, I was like, I'm going to listen to this. And I liked it. And it's just the more that I listen to it, the the more and more I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, but it's great when things like that do happen in today, right? Like this yeah. day and age, right? Like, because it just, there's, I don't know. I, I think for me, it just helps it. So there's something that you connect with a little bit more when it really separates itself. So Fiddlehead, for instance, separating itself from that, that sea of new music that you could be listening to. Right. So, yeah. um, yeah, this is, uh, this was fun. I think yeah. I think we'll do this again, man. If you're down, I'm down to do this again. But I I am more than happy to talk about this kind of stuff because yeah. it's it's like um because 
you know, the episode that we did was great. It's just, I, I, I will listen back and I'm like, Oh, I, I wanted to tell David this other story, but it wasn't really relevant or this. Cause yeah. it's like, they're just little fun anecdotes about like along the way. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, yeah, I'd be happy to come on with you and we can talk about some more tracks because like music is pretty endless and you know, there's always (laughs) more music. Yeah. I mean, it's like just you talking about melancholy and it's like, Oh yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like, um, you know, that, that record. And I mean, I, I've been really enjoying playing the uh, Tony Hawk uh, one and two remastered and no cigar is on there. And I'm reminded how like, this is basically the Swedish face to face. Yes. It's funny because we I'm trying to think. I think we did an episode like it'd be years ago now where there was a time where we would take an album from one band or we'd like talk about two bands in one episode. And I think we did an episode called Face Colin and we talked about face to face and Mill and Colin. And I said, I wish I could combine these two bands to make one band because I just love like when, when Mill and Colin hit their, like their stride, right? Like their earlier stuff is fine. Mm-hmm. I was never a big fan of like the ska sort of stuff, but once they like, I think if I'm correct, Penny bridge pioneers was like when they just really like honed in on their sound that kind of then carried yeah. them through. Like yeah. once they hit that sound, if I could combine that in the, like just, the guitars basically on that record and i've always loved his voice i like i love trevor's voice too but yeah um, i was like if i could combine that with like the lyrics of face to face and you know different like that band would just be like there nobody could touch them you know in my ears in my mind so um but yeah i think it's a it's a great description to say they're like the swedish face to face yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, the, I was gonna say the only catch is if we do this again, you have to pick the bands next time. That one's on you. <laughs> okay, I'll uh, I'll I'll start writing some ideas right as yeah. soon as we we hang up here. Yeah, so. man, that'll be good. So uh, anyway, yeah. go go before we get out of here. Go follow us. Um, you can follow the podcast at Growing Punk Pod on Twitter and Instagram. You'll find my personal Twitter and Instagram as well as Aaron's there. Uh, if they want to follow you on Twitter and or Instagram, do you want to, do you want to share that info? Are you sure? Like, uh, I'm on Twitter at E R I C underscore G R U B B S. And if you want to follow me on Instagram, I'm Eric J grubs. It would make sense if like I had like the same handle, but it's like, I, I signed up for Twitter and Instagram at different times. So I was just like, you know, you know, you that. can change that, right? You can change that. Eh. <laughs> I've changed my Twitter and Instagram, like my personal ones so many times just because I'm like, oh, well, you know, the, the, the show used to be called music to my peers back in like the very early beginning. And so all, oh, of, my, okay. all of my social media stuff was uh, David to my peers. So it's like Twitter and Instagram. And then when we decided to be like, cause the, the original idea of the show, I've shared this before, but the original idea of the podcast was literally to bring on different guests every episode and they would tell me what their like favorite album was and then we talk about it regardless of genre but mm-hmm. then what happened is it just because you know a circle of friends people you know uh a lot of the albums were kind of in this world and so eventually i was like all right let's just focus this in a little bit so then yeah. we changed the name but now all my things are all david growing up so it is what it is i, I just changed with the times so.